When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Should Christians celebrate Halloween? That's what we're talking about today. <laughs> Welcome in. This is Religionless Christianity. I'm your host, Spencer. And this is my lovely wife, Nikki. Hello. And yep, today we are going to dive into whether or not Christians should celebrate Halloween. So before we get into this topic, honey, is there anything you would like to say? I just praise God this week is going well so far with getting back on track with homeschooling the kids. I got a new way of teaching them. So we'll see how it goes. So far, so good. I'm just, just thankful. Anybody who's been praying for me concerning homeschooling. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, if you've been praying for us, thank you very much. We appreciate it. We need all the prayers. And if you haven't been praying for us, what are you waiting for? Um, we need all the prayers. So please keep that up. Um, please like and subscribe if you're on YouTube. Follow us if you're on the podcast. Consider leaving us a nice review. Um, if you haven't done so already, we would appreciate <laughs> that. Um, we got this nice new, uh, if you're watching on the video, this nice new plaque behind us. And uh, you can't see what it says. Maybe. Can. But uh, we got it from a group called Project Hope down here in Florida. And just a shout out to them. Keep them in your prayers. They came to our church on Sunday and kind of gave a little, um, just a little presentation about who they are and what they do. And it's a kind of a men's group or a men's home for uh, addiction where they, you know, bring them in. It's a year long program and they train them up in godliness in the bible mm -hmm. and scripture and over the course of a year they set them on a really strict routine break them of their addictions and sort of build them up in their faith so really cool program and uh, i guess they have a couple of women's programs starting up now so uh, if you have extra time in your prayer life please consider praying for project hope uh, it was just really cool when we were there on sunday i was told nikki after the service but one of the guys that got up and shared his testimony was a normal, decent looking fella, you know, he didn't look, you know, like a drug addict or anything like that, but he was telling us, you know, a little bit of his story. He didn't get super deep into it, but he mentioned he was 36 years old and had come from, you know, a good home and all these sorts of things. And I was like, I'm 36 years old. And I had a pretty wayward past, you know, before uh, things got set straight. And you were and, brought up in a loving home too. Like he yeah, said, a lot of similarities. It's just, I didn't fall off the deep end and he did. And it's just by the grace of God that I didn't uh, because a lot of my friends that did a lot of the same things that I did, that mm -hmm. I did with them, they fell off the deep end. So yeah. I don't um, know if it was him who said it or the other guy who said a lot of people go through like a 12 step program. He's like, I only need one step and that's Jesus. And I think that's when I was actually like, amen. <laughs> I don't think we're like a, yeah, we're not amen. an amen church, but <laughs> some of these project hope guys are so <clears throat> It was good having them there. Um, 
we're amen folk. <laughs> we're all about it, you know. It's funny, actually, this is off topic, but for us, like the way that we go to church, because we're not denomination specific, you know, we go to where we feel like there's family, like there's good Bible teaching. And if you want to shout like the and, teaching, yeah. Yeah, it's you know, if you want to shout, teaching. if you want to clap, if you want to pray out loud, fine. If you want to be quiet and yeah. sullen, like the church we are now, doesn't matter. Is there community? Is there yeah. good Bible teaching? Yeah. So we're all about it. And uh, yeah, so it was kind of neat. Just it was a cool story. And, you know, you kind of put yourself in that person's shoes because you're like, man, you know, me and him probably aren't very different. You know, it just, you know, by the grace of God, the way our lives turned out. And I will credit Nikki for most of the way that my life turned out. She saved me, I'm sure. I saved you. <laughs> I probably would have gone much further into the deep end if it wasn't for Nikki. So I'm thankful for her. Um. <laughs> but, yep. And uh, I don't think there's much of any. Oh, our kids, our boys won their uh, soccer championship. Yeah. And our son scored a goal in there, which was pretty cool. And even more important than them winning their championship and him scoring a goal is soccer season's over. Praise <laughs> God, it is over. You know, four kids on three teams gets to be a bit tough. I even forgot that we were doing an episode today because of the holiday on Monday. And I'm like, oh, I got to get home. I want to get a workout in before the soccer game. And then I'm like, Oh, we have to do an episode tonight too. Awesome. Great. So soccer season's done. That's wonderful. And now today we are going to be trying to answer that question as best we can. I don't know that we'll give a definitive answer here on whether Christians should celebrate Halloween. Um, something me and Nikki had kind of talked about a little bit earlier in the week. And then as I tend to do sometimes, I held this close to my vest as a secret for this episode and sprung it on her at the last minute. So I don't even know, <laughs> but that's okay because in this episode, we're going to be reading a little bit more than probably we normally do. So I'd like to kind of start this out with kind of a history of Halloween. I'm sure we all know a little bit of Halloween and we're not going to go super deep into the history, but just kind of, you know, recover those tracks a little bit before we dive into, you know, our thoughts and stuff like that. And we'll maybe make some comments and stuff along the way as we're going through this. So, um, yeah, what I got, and again, like I said, this isn't going to be the most, you know, academic um, understanding of Halloween. Well, it's a good discussion. I'm sure if people get on Discord, we have, we'll learn some things and. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you on Discord. Opinion. Like, I want to be sharpened on. I know I have opinions, but. Yeah, and, you know, that's a great thing, too, you know, with Christians, like. Yeah, I mean, there's Christians that don't celebrate all sorts of holidays for all sorts of different reasons, and other Christians that do celebrate all sorts of holidays for all sorts of reasons. So um, that's, you know, just something we want to talk about, because that was sort of the heart of this show, right? Why we started this podcast is how do you live a Christian life in a secular mm -hmm. world? Um, so we don't want to not talk about these things. And the article that we pulled from, it's just from history.com, because I think they do a good job of kind of dumbing things down to my level. And if I can understand <laughs> it, for God's sakes, you can understand it. So um, just going in here, if you want to read, you can just, we'll just, have to just go back and forth reading, honey, <laughs> if you want to read that first paragraph. Okay. Halloween is a holiday celebrated each year on October 31st, and Halloween 2021 will occur on Sunday. 
October 31st. The tradition originated with the ancient um, Celtic festival. Celtic. I always want to say Celtic for some reason. Yeah. Celtic festival. Um, I think it's pronounced Samhain. Samhain? Which is weird. It, yeah, it describes it later oh, in the article. Okay, originated with the ancient Celtic festival of Samhain when people would light bonfires and wear costumes to ward off ghosts. In the 8th century, Pope Gregory III designated November 1st as a time to honor all saints. Soon, All Saints Day incorporated some of the traditions of Samhain. Samhain. It looks like Samhain if you're on the podcast, so it's confusing. The evening before was known as All Hallows' Eve and later Halloween. Over time, Halloween evolved into a day of activities like trick-or-treating, carving jack-o'-lanterns, and festive gatherings, donning costumes, and eating treats. Yeah, so, I mean, just from the onset here, it doesn't sound like it's that unique from a lot Seems of our holidays, harmless. right? harmless. You know, they talk about Christmas yeah. a lot of the times, mm -hmm. right? The holly tree and stuff that we got from pagan um, cultures. They, they kind of talk about that with Christmas a lot here. So, um, going on down here a little bit. Yep, it says, uh, I'm not going to read the entire thing, just kind of no. pulling different things. But it says, on the night of October 31st, um, the Celtics... They would celebrate Samhain when it was believed that the ghosts of the dead returned to earth. Um, so in addition to causing trouble and damaging crops, the Celts thought that the presence of the otherworldly spirits made it easier for Druids or Celtic priests to make predictions about the future. For a people entirely dependent on the volatile natural world, these prophecies were an important source of comfort during the long winter. So definitely lean into that pagan um, realm at least in the, uh, the early onset of this. Um, down here, do you want to read here? Mm -hmm. Starting there. Both of these paragraphs, okay. I think. By 43 AD, the Roman Empire had conquered the majority of Celtic territory in the course of the year 400. Years that they ruled the Celtic lands, two festivals of Roman origin were combined with their traditional Celtic celebration of... Samhain. Okay, you are just going to be the one to say that. <laughs> the first was Feralia. Sure. A day in late October when the Romans traditionally commemorated the passing of the dead. The second was a day to honor... Pomo I should have read this I think beforehand. it's, uh, yeah, Pomona. Pomona, the Roman goddess of fruit and trees. The symbol of Pomona is the apple and the incorporation of the celebration into... Sawin <laughs> probably explains the tradition of bobbing for apples that is practiced today in Halloween. I never thought about why people bob for apples. That is weird. Yeah. So the bobbing for apples, you know, like, again, they say this is kind of tied to a pagan Roman god this time. Um, hmm. The god of fruit and trees. Gotta love that god of fruit and trees. Um, but again, you still see, you know, this is something because I think. And we may touch on this as we go through, I don't know, but it talks about, you know, the Celtic people when they first started um, this sort of uh, Samhain tradition. I mean, it was 2000 years ago, you know, so this had been going on for a long time. And then here in 43 AD, you know, they are kind of rolling it into um, kind of that Roman culture. And then it says here on May 13th, 609 AD, Pope Boniface IV 
dedicated the Pantheon in Rome in honor of all Christian martyrs, and the Catholic Feast of All Martyrs Day was established in the Western Church. Pope Gregory III later expanded the festival to include all saints, as well as all martyrs, and moved the observance from May 13th to November 1st. By the 9th century, the influence of Christianity had spread into Celtic lands, where it gradually blended with, a, with and supplanted older Celtic rites. In 1000 AD, the church made November 2nd All Souls Day to honor the dead. It's widely believed today that the church was attempting to replace the Celtic Festival of the Dead with a related church-sanctioned holiday. So, again, I guess, you know, here in 1000 AD and 609, you kind of see the Catholic Church trying to um, incorporate sort of more church traditions into um, this otherwise pagan holiday. I mean, the Roman Catholic Church still is trying to be more like the world, more inclusive. And I don't know. That's what makes me think of nothing new. Yeah, well, and it's fascinating, uh, too, when it talks about, um, we may touch on it here, but uh, I think if we reread it again, but I think it talks about even in early American history and like European history during this Halloween or like All Saints Day kind of thing, when they dressed up in costumes, they would dress up as like popes and bishops. So like their costumes were the Catholic church, which it's creepy, you know, the Pope (laughs) kind of has a fancy garment, I guess that you Uh, could dress up as, um, that is a, but what I thought was fascinating is, um, do you want to read these two paragraphs, honey? Sure. I'll try. Okay. The celebration of Halloween was extremely limited in colonial New England because of the rigid Protestant belief systems there. Halloween was much more common in Maryland and the southern colonies, as the beliefs and customs of different European ethnic groups and the American Indians meshed, a distinctly American version of Halloween began to emerge. The first celebrations included play parties, which were public events held to celebrate the harvest. Neighbors would share stories of the dead, tell each other's fortunes, dance, and sing. So I thought that part was kind of interesting when I was reading through this at first. Like, you know, obviously America, 13 individual colonies, you know, they all were doing their own thing. And I thought it's kind of interesting that like the very rigid Protestant New Englanders, they're like, nah. And it even said somewhere, it wasn't in this article, I read a different article where they really only celebrated three holidays. Um, the rigid Puritans, and I don't even think Christmas was one of them. Like, they celebrated, like, maybe it was Easter or something, and then, like, two local holidays, like Governor's Day or something like that. Like, so they were pretty rigid in their faith as far as what they um, would celebrate. Mm. And then it said in the second half of the 19th century, America was flooded with new immigrants. These new immigrants, especially the millions of Irish fleeing the Irish potato famine, helped to popularize the celebration of Halloween nationally. Um, then down here it says, in the late 1800s, there was a move in America to mold Halloween into a holiday more about community and neighborly get-togethers than about ghost pranks and witchcrafts. At the turn of the century, Halloween parties for both children and adults became the most common way to celebrate the day. Parties focused on games, food, or foods of the season, and festive uh, costumes. Hmm. But then, 
it does kind of talk um, that between 1920 and 1950, centuries-old practice of trick-or-treating was revived um, because trick-or-treating was a relatively inexpensive way for the entire community to share the Halloween celebration. Um, hmm. And that was kind of where the American tradition was born. The treats were started so that kids wouldn't do tricks. Yeah, you like you bribe the kids to not do Please a trick I'll on give you. Please don't give you candy if you don't um, play a trick on me. But then it says, scrolling down here a little bit more, it says Halloween has always been holiday filled with mystery, magic, and superstition. Uh, it began as a Celtic end of summer festival during which people felt especially close to deceased relatives and friends. For these friendly spirits, they set places at the dinner table, left treats on doorsteps and along the side of the road, and lit candles. Um, that is weird. So, and then it goes on just to mm. describe a little bit more. But so that's kind of just a simple, quick history of Halloween and sort of how it got to America. Um, and I did think it was interesting, just before we dive into our thoughts on Halloween, um, that it was sort of popularized in Europe and pushed over to America through the Catholic Church. <laughs> um, which, you know, how you feel about the Catholic Church, you know, we know how we feel about the Catholic Church and a lot of their traditions that we would say are maybe extra biblical or other than biblical traditions. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's that. Um, mm. I did think it was interesting just today you were telling me that you went to Spirit Halloween. Is that where it was? I know the kids want to go and look at some costumes and... I don't know. They're like, okay, I don't really want to go. But whatever, it'll be fun. They'll get a little scared. But I'm like, yeah, this is all glorifying death and murder and just sickening in there. Like everything in there is just gory, over-sexualized costumes or just stupid costumes. And we like silly costumes. Like I don't I personally don't see anything wrong with dressing up as something fun and silly. Like, I don't feel a conviction about that, but like, you can't go in there and not see all the other stuff. So, I don't know. I felt weird. I was like, let's get out of here, kids. We're not going to stay in here any longer. I'm like, it's wicked. And I was just thinking about how, you know, I'm just so torn about the whole trick-or-treating thing. Like, what does it mean to celebrate Halloween? We're not celebrating, obviously, the things they were celebrating back then. We're not remembering deceased loved ones. We're not doing any seances or anything like that. It's like just kids. I mean, I'm not letting them dress up in anything evil. It's like, okay, if you want to be like Mario and Luigi or something and stuff like that, like, like they did that before. And I thought that's. Innocent, you're just wearing a fun costume and you're just going to your neighbors. You always go to your neighbors and they're giving you candy. They're people you know. So it's like there's no evil intention in it. It's just dress up and free candy. So I feel like my heart has always been, um, I think, in the right place about it. And I think it goes really wicked. It can be, it's become something where it is just glorifying murder. Uh, sin and horror and fear and and I think that's evil that's wrong but at the same time you introduce a holiday to your kids and it's like like say with drugs 
hey, have a cigarette, it's harmless, or have a little sip of wine, harmless, but it's the depth that it can lead to. So with Halloween, it's like, oh, let's just participate a little bit. But how far your kids are going to go? Are they going to get dragged into everything else it offers? Just like when I talked about the Christian witches the other day and, you know, the innocent crystals and the sage and all that can go deeper. Like they can get sucked in and go deeper. And it's like, now I feel like, oh, it's innocent what we're doing now. But then taking them into a store like that today, it's like, oh, they're attracted to the scary stuff. Great. I don't know. That's what I was thinking about today when I let them go in there. But yeah, because I know, you know, we were having our talk um, just a couple of days ago. And at the time, I mean, you were still, you know, like, I want the kids to celebrate Halloween. And but full disclosure, I celebrate is the whole point of it. Right. Like we've always celebrated Halloween with our kids, um, except for one year. Good parenting year. We grounded our daughter from Halloween. It was like our parenting <laughs> win of the year. Um, <laughs> So, I mean, this isn't something that we've like ever been opposed to, but uh, for me, I definitely feel way more convicted about celebrating Halloween. Um, and even before looking at, you know, sort of the history and kind of diving more deep into the actual pagan um, history of Halloween, because, you know, there's, again, we talked about Christmas and there's the pagan traditions there, but I think Halloween's a different animal. Because, you know, like the Christmas thing, it has its pagan roots, but that's really been for us as Americans, although it's definitely waned in recent years, but it was more, we were celebrating it for Christ. Rather, you know, whatever the pagan roots were, we had essentially done away with those, at least in our mind and our thought. Like we weren't thinking about pagan history to the holly tree or anything. Mm -hmm. It was all about Christ at least, and again, it's changed, obviously, in recent years. It's all about what gifts you can get, but that was the idea with Christmas. So to me, the pagan roots didn't really matter, but with Halloween, there it's is no, it. yeah. yeah, there is no, like, Christian aspect to it. It's a completely secular holiday. Um, like you said, it's largely gory in this country or slutty. Um, mm -hmm. So for me, I've had a lot of conviction about it, uh, about letting our kids celebrate it. And kind of the main reason why I have conviction, it's not necessarily Halloween on its own, um, but it kind of goes to the bigger picture of the stuff we've been talking about on this show for the last six months. As mm -hmm. our world continues to get more and more wicked, which it is, uh, this is the most wicked world I've ever lived in in 36 years, and I don't see it getting better anytime soon. I think as the world gets more wicked, it's going to be more important for Christians to pull themselves out of it, to stand apart, to be different, to look different, and let your kids and your family know why you're looking different. Um, you know, I thought it was interesting because I had the thought when I was on my run today, and then we were driving back from soccer practice, and you're listening to that thing on Noah. And my thought when we were on our run, and I was like, you know, when the world got so wicked, God pulled Noah out of it, the righteous family. He locked them in the boat. They left the wicked world behind, basically. Um, when Sodom and Gomorrah had reached peak wickedness, God pulled Lot and his family out before he destroyed it. And I was like, as our world continues on this path of wickedness, we're going to have to 
I mean, at some point, you're going to have to pull yourself out. The whole idea Completely. of being like, don't even look back like Lot's wife. You don't even want to look back. Yeah. And like, I know that that gets lost on a lot of Christians, the whole like, well, you got to be, you know, in the world, but not of the world. And I think that that had a place. And I think Halloween had a place at one time in this country, maybe in the 20s and through the 50s, where we were still a largely Christian country. And we weren't completely godless and satanic the way we are now. Mm -hmm. Sure, you could dress up in a mask and have a little, you know, fun and be scary or whatever, but it wasn't the end of the world because everyone knew you were a Christian, a godly community. That's not the case now. Like we talked about just a few episodes ago, I would say the whole 6% with a biblical worldview seems like the number of real Christians in this country. So in a country with that few Christians, you can't be in the world You'll like Lot. God didn't go, Lot, go out and evangelize Sodom and Gomorrah. He went, get out. Get out now. I'm destroying it. So for us to think like, oh, well, you know, I'm going to. And again, I don't want to denigrate anybody. If you do decide to celebrate Halloween, I just felt the conviction that like. You got to draw the line. You know, we've talked about this before and we'll link the episode. Um, It'll be up in the card here. Um, so you can go check it out. We'll link it down in the show notes. We did an episode on where's your line, mm-hmm. kind of asking Christians in this culture, most Christians don't seem to have a line or whatever line they have is sort of drawn in sand. And then whenever they need to move the line forward, they just move the mm-hmm. line forward. Um, but for us, like you're going to have to carve your line in concrete uh, because the world is going to keep making you shift that line. Yeah. And I was, you know, thinking about, most people think of Satan, right? And like how he's going to move. And it's like the poltergeist and demonic possession, or maybe it's a mass murderer, like a Charlie Manson and these sorts of people. No, he's more cunning, deceiving. Yeah, it's not that. Um, I forgot to grab my books. You'll have see them on the screen right now, but I'll, I'll have them linked in the show notes too, but for screw tape letters. And then also a good companion to that is the nefarious plot. If you haven't read those books, I think they paint a wonderful picture of how Satan works. Like she said, he's way more cunning. Um, It's way more easy to get someone to believe in a religion that looks like it's 70% Christianity, right? It's way more easy to get someone to believe in Islam. That's like, hey, look at all these similarities. We believe in the same prophets of the Bible, but then we just twist it at the end, right? I mean, it's still a false religion, right? You're still going to hell if you believe in that. But that's a lot easier than to convince somebody that nothing came from everything, like the atheist delusion. That's idiotic. You know, or Mormonism, right? A false religion. Or maybe get people to believe in the, like, love is love. And, you know, then that line keeps shifting to the point where you're an Episcopalian church and you have a transgendered lesbian priest. And you're like, how did the line get over here? (laughs) But it's Satan is cunning and you keep moving that line. So I think in today's world, like Christians, man, you've got to set your line. You need, and if you haven't done it, you better sit down with your family. I would do it tonight. I'd do it tomorrow. And you guys need to decide where that line is. And I'm not saying it's Halloween for you. It's not Halloween for us. Um, You know, I would say we've carved our line in concrete but the concrete's still wet. So we're, we're still trying to work on getting our line set. But, you know, you saw this uh, even in the COVID. They, I mean, so many people in this country were opposed to the vaccine, right? Until 
that mandate came out and they were threatened with losing their job. Mm-hmm. And then for a lot of people, they decided, yeah, that's not my line anymore. I'm moving my line up. Um, and nothing wrong with that. Again, maybe you've got a sick child, right? You can't afford to lose medical benefits. You know, everybody's life's different. We're not condemning anybody, but the lines moved. Um, and Satan is always going to make you move that line. So, yeah. um, kind of tying it back into Halloween, I've been rambling. Um, but I just think like, even in the little things, you've got to start separating yourself. And for me, at least, and Nikki, I don't know if she's necessarily where I am yet. Um, but like, I feel like even the little things like Halloween, you've got to pull yourself back and be like, we're not doing what the world does. We're not going to try to do what the world does in a Christian way. Yeah. Because it's not Christian. It's just what the world does. And they laugh at you when you're like, oh, we're giving out crosses and apples. They, They don't care about that. You know, and that's not a testimony, right? Your testimony could be, oh, what are your kids doing for Halloween? Oh, we don't celebrate Halloween. Um, we think it's godless. And, you know, we, uh, we just want to dedicate ourselves to the Lord um, mm-hmm. in every aspect of our lives. And they might look at you and be like, okay, you guys are crazy. <laughs> You're kooks. But so what? They did that to Noah. Yeah. I mean, how much insult and slander do you think Noah got? right until he shut the door of his boat and was like, have a nice swim, boys. Um, so mm-hmm. to me, I feel a conviction um, about celebrating Halloween. And I just think it kind of goes back to that whole, like, there is no Christian benefit to a Halloween celebration. Um, even like mm-hmm. the church doing like a trunk or treat, you're still, you're walking that slippery slope of, trying to make a secular thing Christian and yeah they use any opportunity to draw uh, people from the city in in order to reach them for Christ so I don't know if that's wrong like if their heart is to reach people that I don't know I don't but anybody's got a testimony of I think it is wrong I think and we've looked at the numbers like where has this massive um you know, worldly outreach to bring the world into our church led us. We just talked a few episodes ago, 60% of your congregation thinks Allah and Buddha are perfectly acceptable ways to heaven. Where is that? Like, where is bringing in all these people led us to? Sure, the buildings got bigger. The pastors drive nicer cars. Um, the bands have gotten bigger. But where has it led us to, right? I mean, even in our Mars Hill review, Like, where did it lead? You know, Mark Driscoll, when he started out, you know, his his message or his ministry was love his wife, train men, preach the Bible. But somewhere along the line, probably Jesse Taylor or Jesse Bryan, his line moved. Right. And it became about megachurch, biggest church in the country. Um, His line moved and ultimately it led to his downfall. And, you know. Who knows if he would have stayed on loving his wife, training men, and preaching the Bible? It could be a different city. It could be a different country we right now. Move our line backwards in anything. Like you can talk about drawing, like we know our line is moving with the culture, but we really have to stop and think: where in our life have we ever drawn our line and like brought it back to where it should be? We're always flowing with the tide. 
then you look back and you see how far you've come. You didn't even notice it. Like just when I took the kids to the beach, I let Melanie have a little floaty and I know it's supposed to have floaties out at the ocean. But even just after a minute, she didn't even know that she went down. Like she didn't feel the waves pushing her like away from me this way. She didn't know it, but it was slowly happening. And that's how it is with the culture and our values. It's happening slowly. We're just cruising along. Don't even notice it happening. We look back. We're like, how did I get here? Yeah, and I think it's just a lie that we've told ourselves because it's comfortable, right? And we don't want to rock the boat. But we've told ourselves this lie that we can somehow be in the world and of the world, but look a little bit different, right? Mm -hmm. We can wear our cross necklace. We can put the, you know, as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord, you know, wall art. We're just up. camouflage Christians. That's all we are. We blend yeah. right in perfectly. But that doesn't influence the world and mm -hmm. it doesn't make them see Christianity as anything different. And that was the whole idea of this religion, even Judaism, right? That was the reason for the law, amongst other things. But the law made you look different. Their society lived different. It looked different. From the outside, you could see that they were a different people. And it made you go, why are you guys doing all this? And you're like, oh, because our God told us to. Wait, what? Like, it was different. But what is the Christian testimony? When you do something different, others feel judged. Yeah, and like, we're afraid that they're going to think we're judging them. And the testimony, and again, we're just as guilty as anybody. And I don't even know that we're 100% there. This is just our out loud thoughts. But like, is your testimony of being set apart for Christ being like, well, my kids dress up like Luigi and Mario. And they're like, oh, well, my daughter dresses up like a stripper. And my son has a Michael Myers mask. And you're like, see, aren't I a Christian? <laughs> Maybe. And again, we're not trying to condemn because we've been as guilty as anybody. But I don't think that that sets you apart from the world. And, you know, I had the thought of like the monks, right? The reason sort of why, I mean, they went into the monastery was to be away from the world. They just left it behind for God. We're just going to a mountain. We're just going to be there. And we're just going to worship, pray, do our things. Now, obviously, we can't be monks, and I wouldn't say that's for everybody, um, but certainly for some people. But, you know, like that mindset, I think, needs to be where we are. Like, your house should be a monastery, essentially, not like, oh, you know, I'm half monastery in my prayer closet, and then it's like half casino downstairs, and, you know, it's half golden corral in the kitchen. Um, like, it should be a place... Your life should be a place for God. So I just think Halloween, to me, I don't see the Christian benefit of it. And not even that, but just from a purely secular American citizen, it's a crap holiday. And what do you call it? You would consider it like a, a cheat day. Yeah, it's a cheat day. And it's like all the things you don't want your kid to do and eat. Yeah. They're it, like, invite, yeah. go knock on a stranger's door. Go talk eat to whatever he gives today. you. And what's he going to give them? Garbage go food, right? in the dark when normally you should be home when the street lights come on <laughs> and again i was a kid i enjoyed halloween our kids have but yeah. even from just a purely parent perspective halloween sucks I um, Halloween, i know and just just thinking when you if you're gonna be the parent like we've been you can be mario and luigi and they're like no we want to have the scream mask we want this really gory one over here but if you draw the line and just say we don't do Halloween, then they're not going to argue with you about what costume they can wear. 
because obviously they want to be the biggest, baddest looking gruesome thing that they see in the store. That's what they want. They think it looks cool. So you're just causing problems when you celebrate Halloween and you say, we celebrate, but we celebrate this way. But all your friends can dress however they want. They're going to be like, well, why? And they're just going to get mad at you. Just say, no, we don't. We just don't celebrate. So you don't have to argue about it now. Yeah. So for me, you know, I think us removing ourselves from worldly, purely secular things, I think is becoming more and more important. And then I think there's even a worse reason to celebrate Halloween. And I think it's because of what it takes our mind off of. And I've probably heard this before, but I didn't realize it until I actually looked into this, this quick history, like the date never clicked. But October 31st has a far more important date in the history of especially Christians and Protestant Christians, because October 31st, 1517, is the day that uh, Martin Luther delivered his 95 theses. So, you know, kind of reading through this, so I'll just read here on October 31st, 1517, legend has it that the priest and scholar Martin Luther approaches the door at the castle church in Wittenberg, Germany, and nails a piece of paper to it containing the 95 revolutionary opinions that would begin the Protestant Reformation. Mm. Uh, it says, in these theses, Luther condemned the excesses and corruption of the Roman Catholic Church, especially the papal practice of asking payment called indulgences for the forgiveness of sins. Um, at the time, a Dominican priest named Johann Tetzel, commissioned by the Archbishop of Mans and Pope Leo X, um, they were in the midst of a fundraiser or a fundraising campaign in Germany to renovate St. Peter's Basilica. Um, I read, yeah, whatever. So, um, yeah, it says when they returned, they showed, yeah, so um, many church members traveled to purchase these indulgences. When they returned, they showed their pardons that they had bought to Martin Luther, claiming they no longer had to repent for their sins. Said Luther, frustration with this practice led him to write the 95 Theses. Um, it said, a copy made its way to Rome, and efforts began to convince Luther to change his tune. He refused to keep silent, however, and in 1521, Pope Leo X formally excommunicated Luther from the Catholic Church. That same year, Luther refused to recant his writings before the Holy Roman Emperor Charles V of Germany, who issued the, issued the famous Edict of Worms declaring Luther an outlaw and a heretic and giving permission for anyone to kill him without consequ consequence. Wow. And I was reading this and I'm like, here we are, like afraid to be like, well, I don't want to tell my kids they can't celebrate Halloween. You know, they enjoy it. And on the very same day that we celebrate such a secular, godless holiday, we could be celebrating Martin Luther, who stood in the face literally of a king and refused to denounce his faith to the point where they issued an edict that anybody can kill him without permission or without uh, mm -hmm. consequence. And didn't change his tune. And ultimately, that decision led us to the faith that we have today as Protestants. Um, and I couldn't help but notice that, like, who, starting back, you know, obviously it was in well before Martin Luther's day, but the Catholic Church is the one that sort of Christianized Halloween and made it acceptable for us 
the very same church that Martin Luther would later in his life decry, not only just decry here, but he would go on to call the Pope Antichrist, um, which we would also agree with. So I was like, hmm. man, does that seem like a Satan long play? Yeah, it does. Like, who even thinks of the 95 Theses on Halloween? We got something to distract us. It's nefarious. Hmm. It's yeah. awful. I think it's satanic that, and not that we should be holding Luther up as an idol, just a man, right? It's about God. Um, but it's about the move of God. Like, that's, that was huge. Yeah, like, that's... we should be putting up signs in our yard, you know, like, on this day, 500 years ago, you know, a man of God stood against the Antichrist movement of his day and refused to denounce his Lord and mm. basically gave us the faith that we have now, right? The John Wesley's, the John Kelvin's, the, the all you get, I mean, name a thousand of them that mm. are, I mean, our namesake Dietrich Bonhoeffer came from the Martin Luther tradition. Um, so I just thought, man, in light of what, a better celebration you could have on October 31st. We give it over literally to a satanic holiday. When it's on a Sunday this year, we're going to go to church and then we're going to go dress up like devils right afterwards. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I think me and Nikki will probably, this won't be the last talk we have, and I'm sure we'll do a Halloween or maybe we'll do a uh, Protestant Reformation episode on the 31st. And let you guys know ultimately what our decisions yeah. are, if our kids can strong arm us into it. But I just think you can't, in the world we're in now, um, it's too godless, it's too anti-Christ to try to mingle. Um, not that we're Noah closing up the doors of the boat yet, but I think we better be <laughs> getting started on building it right now. Um, if you're not building your boat, I think you're going to be uh, late to the party. And I mean, the world's not getting better. It's not getting less yeah. godless and less satanic. Um, nope. So I think, you know, for Christians, I don't know. It's hard, at least for me, to justify. And I know. I can't really justify it because we're supposed to, we're supposed to consecrate our children to the Lord. The way we bring them up and don't we don't have shouldn't have any exceptions to that any worldly holiday to have let them have a free day pretty much i don't know how halloween is participating even though you could say we're just going to our neighbors and we're getting candy but still like how does it glorify god yeah and like even reading through this right i don't know when the idea of being like rigidly christian is an insult, right? Like even reading through that Halloween thing, like, ah, oh, those rigid Puritans in New England, yeah, they wouldn't celebrate. Oh, you mean like the real Christians, mm -hmm. the ones who actually like walk the walk and talk the talk? Yeah, they wouldn't do it. But those other guys down south who were kind of Christian, they were all about it. Like, I want to be the rigid one. I mean, I've told, I don't know if I've ever said this on here, but you know, I, my mom is a pretty outspoken Christian, and you know, we used to talk. You know, like, what do you think life was like when the Apostle Paul came to town? Do you think ever, anyone was like, oh, I wonder what Paul's been up to lately? You know, I wonder what he's been, you know, what we're going to talk about. Like, no, you knew exactly what you were going to talk about. You knew all you were going to talk about. Like, there wasn't any confusion about who Paul was or what he stood for. 
right? Like right. Paul came to town and you're probably like, oh God, I have been, he knows, he knows what I've been doing. <laughs> I'm screwed. Like there was no denying it. But for us, like the idea of just being this weirdly outspoken, um, weirdly rigid to the point where everyone knows it and it may even freak them out. Like we're just, we can't do that. We can read about those people, but we can't actually be that person. And I don't know why. Like, you're not going to get to heaven and Jesus is going to be like, you didn't do a lot for me, but man, were you cool. Well, so, only 6% of people actually love the Lord. Why do we think more than that would actually care to like being around us if we represent him? No, I mean, I think we have to become comfortable with people not liking to be around us. I mean, they crucified Jesus. Why do we think they'll like us? We're supposed to um, partake in his sufferings. We should. And well. I mean, all the heroes of the Bible did, right? Like King David. I mean, for God's sakes, his own king spent years trying to kill him, hated the guy. Uh, I mean, you know, Paul gets stoned in every city he walked into. Like, Damn. I mean, not every city, but like you get, I mean, but they didn't stop being all about Jesus. Um, but for some reason, we just can't get there. And I think it's high time that we sort of, um, let the idea of being cool or being accepted into this world, we need to let that die. Um, we should find joy in not being accepted because mm -hmm. we're too rigid. We're too weird for Jesus. Uh, because, like I said, it's not going to get easier to set your line. Um, it's only going to get harder from here. So uh, as we get ready to close this out, honey, is there any last thoughts that you have? Really, I just look forward to talking about uh, Reformation later. <laughs> yeah, so um, we'll end up talking about Halloween more. <laughs> yeah, we may talk about it again. Um, but as we close here, I just want to say, from this is solely my perspective. Nikki can jump in if she wants, or go the other way. But I think I don't think Christians should celebrate Halloween. Um, I think. This isn't the 1920s and 1950s where you may have been okay with it because we were a godly country and all. That's not the place anymore. And I think um, we need to draw that line in the sand. So mm -hmm. for us, Sunday, October 31st is going to, I think it's, mm -hmm. let me pull up the map real quick it's for the Sunday. calendar. Yeah. So this Sunday for us is going to be Protestant Reformation Day um, in our household. And I would encourage you to do the same. Um, get comfortable being weird. Get comfortable <laughs> freaking people out about Jesus. Uh, I mean, it's what the apostles did, and it's what we need to do. So that is all we got for today. Uh, we will see you guys again on Saturday with the news of the week, and there's been some crazy news. So that is all we got. Love you guys. God bless. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.